0: All right, everybody. It's the NFC North. As always, we save the best for last. Uh, and the NFC North is truly a, a quite a division. My Lions, of course, reside in it. Lee's Lions, of course, reside in the NFC North. Uh, and of course, we have our famous Lions, uh, you know, season preview podcast that we'll save. Lee and I will save our breath for. Uh, and 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 Tommy Murray will, will kick it off because the Lions did finish in last in the division in 2019. Unfortunately, I would just like to kick off, I guess, the Lions conversation by saying that I think the tailgate was potentially my favorite experience of 2019. I always just look favorably upon that day and unfortunately won't be able to return to the cathedral likely this year just due to COVID. But uh, I look forward to getting the band back together in the near future, man.
1: Absolutely, man. It's a shame. It's a shame that uh, COVID had to interfere with what was on track to be an upstanding and beautiful tradition that you know it is it is a shame but uh, I'm a true believer that everything happens for a reason. so uh, you know we're gonna bounce back
2: better than ever. And as that is a precursor, I'd like to begin my my lions rant my short a short a lot amount of time for the Lions rant and it feels good because I'm on I'm on the Lions this year. I'm on the Lions this year. I think this team potentially, has the highest ceiling in the division. And I don't, th- I don't throw that term around lightly. Much like the Cowboys, I kind of see the, the Lions being a team that could be similar to the Cowboys, except that I think that their defense is worse. Um, but a very similar evaluation. We just got done finishing that NFC East. Um, we saw last year with Daryl Bevel, and when Matt Stafford was, was healthy, again, that's probably the biggest you know um, precursor to this whole argument for me. Uh, it, when Stafford's healthy, this is an offense that can put up points. And the addition of DeAndre Swift, uh, teamed with Kenny Dolladay and Marvin Jones, who's probably you know the most underrated duo when we start when we talk about duos across the NFL, wide receiver duos across the NFL. Uh, I, I do think that this offensive line, um, you know, I don't think I think they're going to be at least be as good as last year. Uh, I really like the Lions draft. We talked about post-draft, bringing in Jonah Jackson. And then Vitae, I don't really agree with the signing. But I think for at least this year, if he's healthy, uh, you know, he, should be, he should be pretty good. Um, again, uh, you know, I, just, I really have high hopes uh, for this Lions offense. I think if Stafford's healthy, this is going to be a top-10 offense pretty, pretty easily. Um, and I think by that factor, they're going to be in a lot of games. Uh, I think you know we're going to be betting a lot of overs on the Lions this year because, again, as you know, I do like Jeff Okuda a lot. Uh, I think it was the right pick for them, based on their needs. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of potential you know needs to be reached in order for this defense to kind of be a positive in the Lions' favor, uh, and a lot of that kind of lands on Matt Patricia. I'm kind of hoping that he can overcome his deficiencies at least to me that he's shown for the past couple of years and really kind of elevate this defense and you know I'll never know really how much of the defense just how abysmal they were down the you know down the stretch whether that was due to Stafford or really just Patricia's not creating a culture that is conducive to winning you know maybe the some guys can't you know take the Patriots culture everywhere they go Um, I guess I'll wrap it up but you know T, you know T.J. Hawkinson. I, I'm. There's a lot of. There's a lot to be excited for with this Lions team this year, and um, I think that they are in legitimate contention for the division title. So that's that's my uh, that's my soliloquy.
0: Oh, uh, thank you, Tommy. Now, Lee and I's thoughts will be coming soon. Uh, let's jump to the Bears, and I'll, I'll kick it off with the Bears because honestly, I was more familiar with the Bears than I was even with the Lions last year. Um, basically, watched every snap of this team from the preseason on. Uh, and Man, they were a boring team to watch last year, frankly. Uh, The the number one thing that was the most frustrating thing, I think, for Bears fans was not only the kind of regression of this team overall from when they won the division two years ago, but that Matt Nagy still had the handcuffs on Mitch Trubisky. And it was like, let's see what we have here, but they never really let him do anything more uh, then just kind of check down and hand the ball off, and I think you know at the end of the day, Mitch Trubisky is just a limited quarterback, and that plays into it as well. But the the defense also just took a step back under Chuck Pagano. It was still a, you know very good defense, but I think they really just struggled with the fact that even when they played their best games, they were still losing because the offense couldn't really put anything together. Uh, and the thing is, going into this year, I don't see this. I don't see how this team has improved. Uh, you. Just, drafted Cole Komet in the second round and that's basically you know the extent of I mean they added Jalen Johnson in the second round who I I, Lee and I really liked I think Tommy liked too but at the end of the day I just don't see how this Bears team improved any from last year and I would assume Nick Foles starts um, and he hasn't really been able to do anything other than two years in Philly where he was kind of able to go on a hot streak but I'm not sure how that happens in Chicago. And this team, I think, just has a lot of holes in, in different places. And uh, I, don't, I don't see them being able to kind of rise to this Yeah, team. I'm,
3: I'm with you, boys, 100%. Um, I guess I'm trying to find some silver linings here. I really do like David Montgomery. Um, I really do, obviously, love Allen Robinson. Um, you know, there are some pieces on this defense that are extremely impressive, in my opinion. I think this is going to be a competitive team. But if, you know, we're reviewing the NFC North right now and you look up and down the depth charts in this division and you look at the quarterbacks in this division and you look at Aaron Rodgers, who's been with the Packers for a decade plus, Matt Stafford, who's been with the Lions for a decade plus, Kirk Cousins, who hasn't been with that team for that long, but has proven, you know, Kirk Cousins has won a playoff game. He's won more than one playoff game. Like he's... Or I don't know if he has, but he's won a play he he won he the playoff game against the Saints. He's part. been Kirk Cousins has been impressive. He's been impressive as a quarterback for the Vikings for the most part. And then you look you there's a significant drop off between those guys and the quarterback room in Chicago. Um, even if you do grant that Nick Foles is gonna be better than Mitch Trubisky, we're still this is still Nick Foles' second team in two years. He was injured last year. We've got the COVID offseason, you know, so like with the new quarterback on the new team That's obviously going to be a detriment to the offense, at least on a minor scale. And, uh, you know, from after what I saw last year, again, I just don't really, like you said, I don't really see how this team necessarily improved. Um, and, And basically the only way I can see the Chicago Bears team being in the playoff conversation is if Nick Foles can, out of his back pocket, basically recreate the success he had in Philadelphia a couple of years ago, which is the very thing Jacksonville paid him for, and you know regrets doing, uh, significantly so. So I just don't really see um, the way out for this Bears team, and I think this could be a sneaky, you know, quarterback top ten pick next year in the draft. Uh, you know, if, if things go from bad to worse with the Chicago Bears, which I, I think that they very well could, um, and I guess I'll divulge a little bit more as we go further into this division preview just based on the fact that they have to play each of these other teams in the division uh, two times. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely placing in the three teams in this division that I'm ranking today, I'm placing the Bears last.
2: Yeah, Lee, I'll take what you said to, uh, to my logical conclusion is I think this is a top – they're going to have a top five pick in the draft. I think this is team is for sure going to be in the quarterback market. Um, the only thing that will allow them to not do that, I think, is their defense not really regressing – uh, we saw the regression from their playoff year to last year, and I think it's just only natural. Clep, you brought up the secondary. Uh, you know, Khalil Mack can only take you so far for so long. I just don't really. You know, their their defense is still good. Eddie Jackson. Uh, they paid Robert Quinn. They gave Robert Quinn seventy-five million dollars for whatever. I mean, this is just an awful, lawfully run organization. They've you know.
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, I just to jump in there, Tommy. I think. Robert Quinn, yeah, they paid him a lot of money, but I think it's a definite upgrade over the Leonard Floyd experiment, which they ended, and I think it does give you a solid pass rushing option off I mean outside of Khalil Mack as well. And then you still have Akeem Hicks up the middle. I think I mean the defense is, is still really, really good considering Danny Trevathan, and Rokon Smith. Eddie Jackson had a little bit of a down year last year, but Kyle Fuller's a decent corner. Like the defense definitely can still be one of the better ones in the NFL. But it's just last year when they played since the offense was not up to snuff, they they wouldn't really fight to stay in games just because they knew no matter how hard they played, the offense was still going to let them down in the end. So well, this this is a team that I think is really just hamstrung by their quarterback situation. And I think Matt Nagy is, I mean, from what you know we saw last year, he really underwhelmed after being coach of the year in 2018.
2: Yeah, and Ryan, and Ryan executive as being a little overwhelmed as after being executive of the year in 2018. Ryan, this, Ryan Pace.
0: Yeah, Ryan Pace. I mean, we we talk about. Yeah, we talk about, too, like them having a high pick next year. Obviously, that's kind of going down the road a little far, but do you really trust a guy like Ryan Pace to make another – Oh, he's going to get fired. He's, he's gone. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, and, well, and so, uh, eh, whatever. And two straight years of no no first-round picks. It's, yeah, it's and
2: I just want to – I'll wrap up what I was going to say with them real quick. Um yeah, like Clep, just what you said. Just their defense is the only thing that's gonna let this team be mediocre, really, and that's why I think that this team is the clear cut pick for for fourth in division. And week one, give me the Lions minus one and a half at home against the Bears. I, you know, I'm not gonna take the Bears under eight and a half, which I think is a mortal lock, but it's minus one ninety. I'd rather just fade. Uh, Vegas or whatever the market right now, and, and you know bet against the Bears in a lot of their games because I do think this is a team that's going to struggle a lot this year. Regime change. Darnell Mooney. Though. And uh, one one quick point on David Montgomery because if I remember correctly, I feel like I was the highest one of of us three on him coming in the draft uh, in 2019, and he really uh, was disappointing. Like a lot of what he did at Iowa State was breaking tackles and. Not, he never really was incredibly elusive, but just seemed to have really good contact balance and was kind of just bullying a lot of the Big 12 defenders and just and and it's he seemed to not really have that, not really have the same explosiveness in he, the NFL. He
0: he had his moments, he had his moments last year, um, but it was almost the same thing with Trubisky, where for some reason they really just didn't give him an opportunity to get into yeah. a groove. Like I, I, they didn't, there wasn't many games where they gave him a ton of carries or a majority of the workload. They were always trying to mix in Tariq Cohen or even, you know, Cordell Patterson in the backfield, and it was just like, give this kid the frickin' ball. We drafted him in the yeah. third round. Like, you know, so I think more of that was on last year's offense and, and everything that was kind of going on where it was just a disaster. But let's jump over to the Minnesota Vikings uh, team who overall, I mean, just a, a really solid roster. Um, obviously, you get rid of uh, Stephon Diggs, which, which hurts them, but at the same time, coming back and, and getting Justin Jefferson and then adding Jeff Gladney, who was basically, you know, I's draft darling last year, or I mean, in the, in the, pro, in the draft, this, this, you know, past go around, I really, you know, again, believe in this team. I think they're super, super solid. Um, I, Dalvin Cook had a breakout season last year. Obviously if he can just stay healthy and keep that going again, I think, um, that's just gonna you keep this offense humming, uh, the offensive line has you know, had its issues over the past few years, but I think they're kind of turning a, turn a corner. You know, Riley Reef, I think you would love to see Ezra Cleveland bump him out of his spot, but how realistic is that to happen this year? You know, Not so sure, but still really kind of just one of the more well-rounded teams, I think, in the NFL.
3: Yeah, I think this arguably is the most well-rounded team in the NFL, and I think that this is the best the Vikings roster has been since they got Kirk Cousins, even with losing Stephon Diggs. Um, and maybe that just says something about how we all believe in Justin Jefferson to be able to kind of somewhat seamlessly take over that wide receiver two, maybe possibly wide receiver one role in Minnesota. Um, but I think that obviously, you know, I, I think Irv Smith is going to take a step up this year. And ultimately, with how good this defense has proven to be, um, I think the the weight is going to fall on the, sh- the shoulders of Kirk Cousins, um, you know, more so than it has in the past, you know, and it has Fallen pretty hard on his shoulders in the past, and you know he's probably taken you know just about as much flack as uh, any other quarterback in the league. And this is just kind of going to be a year where I think if Kirk Cousins can play his best year in the in the purple and yellow, this is a team that can win 13 games this year. But I don't know how confident I am that they're going to be able to do that, just because I think there is a certain limit on how good Kirk Cousins can be. Um, so for those reasons. I uh, I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to succeed this year, but I just I can't confidently say that they're going to be in that upper echelon category in the NFC where they're competing for that bye spot, just because I don't think that Kirk Cousins really is cut from that that cloth necessarily, and you know kind of a similar conversation to the one we had on the prior podcast about Dak Prescott. I kind of see Kirk Cousins in a similar category to Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott is just a fairly more athletic. Um, and, and physically dominant version of Kirk Cousins where, you know, when push comes to shove, I don't really know if they can make those throws consistently and do the things it takes to uh, to elevate your team to that buy, buy in the first round or, you know, uh, home field advantage in the playoff level. So, but, but like I said, I think this is a great roster, the most well-rounded roster in the division, I would say, hands down. Um, and I'm looking for them to talk about a high floor. This is a team that I think has a floor of, like, eight wins. Um, at the at the very least, that would be a dismal year for them. So um, I'm looking for fairly big things from the Vikings this year.
2: Yeah, I am too. Uh, I think this team, uh, they're going to be my pick to win the, the division this year. Um, and I guess I, I really agree with a lot of what all you guys said. Um, I'm not really fearing any type of offensive regression due to Stefanski leaving, just because I think Gary Kubiak is a, a veteran guy who's been inside the organization and we're not really going to see a, a big drop-off from that. Um, I do think there is some questions about uh, you know, the, losing Everson Griffin as a edge rusher opposite to Neil Hunter. Uh, you know, I know Fede Odinigbo. How do you say it? Odinigbo. Odinigbo. I know he's been solid as a rotational he was awesome
1: guy. He awesome last year. He had yeah. a, kind of a breakout year last year, yep. which is probably why they felt comfortable um, letting uh, Everson Griffin go.
2: Yeah, he's definitely going to be counted on um, a lot this year. I think that if I can just play, you know, devil's advocate about this, this team, um, you know, I think that is a potential question. And then the secondary was really bad last year. The corner play, especially. I know Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris are two really good safety tandems, but really had a, abysmal corner play. And I like Jeff Gladney as much as you guys do, but I do think it's a lot to ask him and a guy like Mike Hughes, who's still relatively, you know, fresh in there for this secondary to really, I can see this being a problem for them. They, they didn't their past defense, I think struggled last year and I could see the same problem persisting this year. Uh, I do think from on the offensive standpoint, as long as Dalvin cooks healthy, he's going to be able to let Kirk cousins, you know, run. I feel, feel like so much, so much a part of Kirk cousins success last year was the fact that Dalvin cook was going at full steam. So was Alexander Madison. And so was Mike Boone. Um, they really have a nice staple down there and they run the football effectively uh, and then Justin Jefferson, I think, uh, you know, really can do a good job. I don't think he's as talented as Stephon Diggs, but definitely can f- fill his production to a certain extent. So, and Er. Uh,
0: Tommy, correct me if I'm wrong. Are you a big Troy? I'm a big Troy Dye guy. Dye guy. I-, I was
1: the Troy Dye guy in the draft process. Uh, well, I mean, I, I was Lee- just saying I was-, I was the one who was shouting him out in the linebacker episode, but
2: Lee, Lee-, Lee-, Lee was a big Troy Dye guy. I mean, he. I like players who wear casts. So, so, he he's he's a super athletic linebacker who you know, potentially could be one of these. I want to be you know a Fred Warner, a guy who goes in the middle of the round who's kind of athletic and it really isn't as thick as you know the the. Prototypical linebacker, but you know, I has covering spot too, has, playing with
1: Anthony Barr and Eric totally. Kendricks. No, nope. guy's
2: cut from a somewhat similar look ground. at a guy like Ben Gideon, who's been good for them. Who was, you know, I don't even know, was he undrafted, but you know, was a solid was player a at Michigan. Or yeah. But Troy Dye, you know, athletic linebacker with coverage upside, and I think is a guy, you know, who you know, kind of similar to Eric Kendricks coming out. He had like 15 it's, draft picks this year.
0: Yeah, what about uh, I gotta do this every year, it's a, it's a segment. The Tommy Murray Dylan yep. Mitchell stock watch. Where are we at? Uh, it's
2: a little low. It's a little low. The fact <laughs> that they 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 went ahead and took Jefferson in round one. We thought with with Diggs gone, we were like, whoa. Dylan Mitchell just got to jump BC Johnson and Tajay Sharp, and we got a number two Dylan Mitchell. But Justin Jefferson might be a little bit better than Dylan Mitchell. But hey, Dylan Mitchell's still on the uh, still on the uh, the team. He didn't opt out. He didn't take the 300K. He's gonna compete. He's gonna compete. C- could get cut, but now, nah, you know. He's going to compete. He's making Dylan right. Mitchell
1: And my boy, Tyler Matekovich. not on the Vikings, but you always got to watch the stock of Matejkovic as well.
0: <laughs> a, nice, a nice owl. Oh, yeah, he's an owl. You got to love them owls in the league. Uh, Lee, why don't you take us to uh, the Packers because you are currently the president of the Swan Club.
3: Club, baby. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and just take this time to, to give a shout-out to Aaron Rodgers. Much respect for kind of pulling the curtain back. In that interview with Kyle Brandt, um, and just kind of telling it, straight shooting, telling it how it is, you know, uh, talking about how that draft pick made him feel, etc., etc., pouring the whiskey up, all that good stuff. Um, I'm selling, man. I'm selling all my Packers stock. I don't want to overreact and say they're going to win five games or something crazy like that, but um, there's something Tommy was telling me about, about the analytical w- war, wins above, whatever. fact. Win- Pythag, wins that you deserve uh, compared to wins that you got and that the Packers were somewhere around nine. And you really, they, they reeked of that in the playoffs and all season. You were watching them and saying, this looks a little bit more like a nine win or 10 win team than a 13 or 12 win team. So um, I think that the, the draft kind of proved the direction that they're attempting to go in. Uh, I love Alan Lazard as much as anyone in the world, but I don't necessarily think he's going to be able to be a significant enough of an impact at the wide receiver two position to take the weight off of the shoulders of the elite receiver they have in Devontae Adams. Um, the situation at tight end doesn't, you know, uh, really impress me. Obviously they got a solid offensive line and Aaron Rodgers, so their, their offense is, you know, it does present a certain floor, but just with the, the direction they proved to go in in the draft and, the overperformance of last year and the way I'm seeing this division play out this year, all those factors coming into this, um, I think that this is going to be a year of regression for the Green Bay Packers. And I think that we can see things go from bad to worse. Um, and the whole point of the swan song is I'll put it in the prophecy books right now. This is the last season that that 12 will be wearing the, the Green Bay Packers uniform. Um, I think this is Aaron Rodgers' last year in the NFL. Or, uh, for the Green Bay Pack, playing quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And for, I think that it's just going to kind of be a messy breakup. This is going to be a team that the ceiling or the, the expectation is set very high after the 13 wins last year, as we found out on our ride back from Kenosha. Uh, we, we had an Uber driver who was a, a very big Packers fan, and he was, saying, he was talking about 12, 13 wins, you know. And uh, I'm sure a lot of Packers fans feel that way, and I just do not see this team that's going to be able to perform the same way they did last year. I guess I'm rambling a little bit here, but I do really like their defense, a lot of the pieces they have. Obviously, the Smith bros, I'm a big Jair Alexander guy. So I think there's, you know, like I said, there's a certain floor they present. I think they're going to take care of business, but I think there's going to be a lot of close games that the Packers aren't going to win this year, and for that reason, I think that they're going to miss the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be wearing a different uniform next year.
0: Let me uh, quickly ask uh, if, any, if any nice lines are dropped by the Kenosha Uber driver, potentially on a level of, but we got Cruz. Like, was there any sort of just real ignorance uh, spouted out, or was he more, you know, knew what he was talking about, but just Oh, no,
2: one. total ignorance. Total ignorance. Because I yeah. kind of was butting heads with him towards the end of the Uber ride. I was saying, no, I'm telling you, I, I was like, I'm telling you, they're gonna they're not going to win 13 games. I'm like, i going to win seven games. They're going to win seven games. So, oh, no, 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 13 wins, 13 wins. And, and, and the other thing, too, another, uh, the hubris line that now is, I'm remembering, was, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh no, no. Aaron's gonna be here for three more years,
3: and then Love's gonna cut. That this this was he was that kind of Packers fan he was like he was saying five. He was saying Aaron is gonna have five more years, and he and hopefully he can win two Super Bowls. Yeah, so that was like kind of his thing. Was like hopefully he can get two two more Super Bowls in the next five years. And I was thinking like now,
2: and let's paint the picture. This guy was probably somewhere between fifty eight to, to sixty one. I'd say in a, in a Melvin Gordon Wisconsin jersey. Which I had mad respect for, but I just think is a nice point of context to to who this guy was.
3: But, I mean, he was a good dude. He was like a Packers historian, basically. He was. He, uh, he was
2: a good dude, and 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 I'm sure he's really happy right now because his Milwaukee Bucks are looking really good. So he's got the Bucks. He doesn't need the Packers. You know, we can slander him on the Packers a little bit. Um, I guess I can I can segue into the Packers real quick. Not a lot to disagree with, Leon. I mean, we we hammered this team since the draft. Uh, I believe this is Aaron Rodgers' last year as well, and you know the defense was good last year, but I still think they they have some issues at at corner outside of Jair. I still uh, you know Darnell Savage I like a lot, but and and Jair too I think needs to take that next step. He's he's really good, but he needs to take that next step, and I think he will. Um, and you know their linebackers not not really that impressive, but. If you can, if Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith are that way off the edge, and if Rashawn Gary can turn into something and not be invisible for another year, uh, and Kenny Clark is a, a good nose tackle, interior defensive lineman, uh, there's there's lots like on defense. But overall, Devonte Adams, they didn't get another receiver at all. We you know we've hammered this since the, since the end. And and you're not know, bringing in Ricky Wagner at right tackle. I think is a clear uh, downgrade uh, over Bulaga. So. I just think that, like Lee said, this team is primed for regression, and I see them much more in the 7 to, at the most, 9 win range.
3: And, you know, I just want to throw it in there. I'm, I've been a schedule guy this episode. I'm just throwing some schedule numbers out. Obviously, they won 13 games last year. They're, they were first in the division. They got a first-place schedule. We obviously know with the Minnesotas, the Lions, and the, and the Bears, you, you know, you're not necessarily getting the easiest in-division schedule. I'd say that is probably um, one of the better divisions in the NFL. And outside of that, you still got to play the Eagles. We all just predicted to win their division. The Saints and the Buccaneers, who all of us respectively predicted. On the road. On the road, both those games. Still got to play the 49ers. Still got to play the Colts. On the road, 49ers. Colts, on the road. Texans, on the road. Um, You know, there are some pretty tough games outside of the division that the Packers are going to have to uh, persevere through. And I, I just don't know. If they're going to be able to do that, and I one I know I've kind of rambled, but last thing, Clep, Matt Lafleur, man, not not cut from that from that uh, that cloth, that 13 win cloth. That 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 guy is not a. uh, He looks he looks in the mirror and sees Kyle Shanahan. That's Matt Lafleur. Yeah, so I'm I'm just not really really sold. But shout out Meg Pettin. he'll probably get a head coaching job within the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you look at Lafleur too, his issue so far has just been these second halves that are mm-hmm. horrible. I mean, this team, this team, you know, when he's in his lab, you know, Lafleur, the lab king, man. When he's in the lab, he can script you a nice 15, but when the bullets start flying, you can't really see what's going on. I mean, I famously predicted this team to be in the gutter of the North last year. That didn't work out so great for me but hey I once uh, wrote a post about Sean McVay uh, yeah anointing him as the second know, before he went know the yep. Super Bowl so <laughs> I think uh you know maybe I'm just a guy that's in here a little earlier than than others and I'll take my licks uh, at that point but then I'll also take my yeah when I when I you know cash yep. in all right so uh the one thing I will say just coming from a more uh, seasoned Lions fan perspective is that uh they basically have the incubator uh, chamber ready for these backup quarterbacks that they draft at the end of the first round. And it's just like, that part scares me. That's like, you know, hey, they had Favre, and then they drafted Aaron Rodgers. And then it was just this pretty much seamless transition of just winning for them. And I, you know, didn't don't love Jordan Love, but at the same time, you know, who knows? He's got all the physical traits, and maybe this guy sits behind Rodgers for two or three years and takes over, and it's more winning in Green uh-huh. Bay. Like... These are, Aaron Rodgers is still an elite quarterback and it scares me that they've got a young guy behind him who has some physical talent. So, you know, that part is nerve-wracking, but at the same time too, I've hated their drafts the last two years. Um, they haven't invested at all in their receiver core. The tight end position has been a disaster there for the last four or five years. And, you know, overall, I just don't see this team, you know, repeating the success they had last year, especially at that 13 and three number was really, really high for them. And you kind of saw them get outclassed out in Uh San Francisco in that playoff game. So um, ultimately, you know, I'm somewhat – I'm probably going to stay away from predicting them to be in the gutter again. But uh, at the same time, I I have a hard time seeing them be a 12- or 13-win team again. Even 11 wins might be a lot. So um, I'm going to – you know, maybe – I don't know if you want to, Lee, but I'm going to refrain from uh, ranking them. I'll rank them in the Lions podcast. But, Tommy, if you want to give your uh, take –
2: yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings to win the, the NFC North, and I'll give them I'll give them ten wins. Uh, and although I will concede that the Packers right now currently present a higher floor than the Lions, we don't you know you don't always shoot for the floor. You know sometimes you know you gotta you gotta go for the ceiling. And the Lions got the Lions got a higher ceiling. And I'm going to put the, the ceiling, ceiling is the roof. roof. I'm exactly. going to put the Lions in at the number two spot uh, with nine wins. I'm gonna go Packers uh, in the three spot with seven wins, and I'm gonna go Bears in the four spot with two wins. Wow! Wow! It's it's low. a little low, but
3: I'm you know I'm being a little dramatic. Um, I'm not going to predict this because it will give away my Lions stance. Um. But I can't believe you just predicted the Bears to have less wins than the Redskins. I still, I just can't, I just can't get over that. I just can't get over that. But hey, Watch
0: it. Uh, Tommy, just to maybe fill some time here that you know Lee and I would usually be ranking. What would you say the percentage chance of the NFC North producing two playoff teams is? Ooh, um, well, like, 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 I'm gonna, I'm
2: gonna. Walk through my logic here. I'm. Re- you're gonna. You guys are all gonna get a vision into my brain here. Seven teams. Remember that. Well, seven I know teams. seven teams. But here, this is what I'm thinking because uh, I'm not super confident. I'm not gonna say I'm totally confident that I'm gonna see two playoff teams out of the NFC East, even though I predicted that. But the NFC East, you you kind of have to go by the divisions. You got the NFC South, where I think the Saints and the Bucks. I'm pretty sure they they should be my favorite. But then you got the NFC West. The NFC is is really tough. For it, to, so I'm gonna have to go under. I'm gonna have to say that the ah, uh, this is tough. This is tough. This is tough. Off top, I'm gonna say. I mean, it's under fifty percent for sure. It just is gonna depend. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say for thirty-five percent. Ah, forty percent. Forty percent. Because I gotta put the Packers into it too. I'm gonna say forty percent.
0: And, and Tommy, refresh me on just 30 minutes ago because I have horrible short-term memory. Did, who'd you pick to win the East? I did Was pick the Eagles, Eagles. Yes. All right. So then let's let's say Cowboys and yep. the Lions, right? What is what, How how sure are you? I guess if you put the peg, the Lions at nine wins, I'm assuming you're giving the Cowboys a double-digit uh, win total. So how, how confident are you that the the Cowboys end up having a better record than the Lions? 60 60
2: to 65 percent confident. Because I think the Lions have a better quarterback, but I think the Cowboys have a better defense. I think they have a better coach, and they have better offensive uh, skill positions, which not a lot of teams can say about compared to the Lions. This is not, that's no slight on the Lions' offense. I just think the Cowboys are a souped-up version
0: of the Lions in in some ways. righty. that's the NFC North, baby. Lions. The Cowboys wish they had nine soon,
3: man. Cowboys be a Super Bowl contender. If I'm had sure nine, nine. wishes he was, he was in Dallas. You know, I'm not sure about that. Man loves Detroit. Um, really quickly, I want to say this? Week two, Lions at Lambeau. That's all I gotta say.
0: <laughs> After that, Packers. In a non-COVID year, that that's could be a, a greyhound. That it, it is, it is a greyhound,
3: but I'm, I'm, it's my <laughs> Jordan year. Four days after that,
0: so I mean, that, that, that's a that's a that, that's what happens when the Lions went by 21 at Ford Field yep. against the Bears, <laughs> and then we just impulse buy some hound tickets out to Green Bay. This is what you do. And, uh, you work overdose on cheese curds and and uh, whatever the, with the oh god, what's the name of the beer? and uh, gherkins. Green. No, it's it's the oh my god I can't believe I'm blanking Younglings? on this right now. Holy crap! No spotted, spotted cow. cow. Yeah, it's it's where you overdose uh, on some Dom Kennedy yeah, some, some Dom Kennedy. Yeah. These curds in the parking a lot. Uh, and uh, you know I would love for that experience to be able to happen this year, but probably not.
2: Definitely not, unfortunately. But hey, on to 2021.
0: Hey, you know what? I'm gonna make a, a prophecy right now. All right, let's see. I'm 22. I'm gonna to go to a Lambo Lions game by the time I'm 27.
2: I, I mean, I believe that's that. that's that's pretty. That's that pretty should big. happen. That should yeah, happen. That should happen. That's you telling yep. us your future plans. That's not you making a prophecy. That's you yeah. us.
0: And yeah, I'm 22. Give 23. me three. I should be able. I should be able to, I I mean, be able dude, to get there by 20. Jackson
3: McElhenney will be married by the time you're 27. So I, there's a lot that's gonna happen before <laughs> before we're 27. So maybe you should shorten that one up a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd like to, but I'm just, you know, I don't want to rush it. Just give it Bear, some time. Bears top five
2: so pick. It's, prophecy. Throw it
3: in there. Just throw. Well, Redskins it. number put it, one pick is in the prophecy.
0: Put it right. You know what would be? You know what would be great? Would be a Lions back-to-back, Green Bay and Minnesota. Yeah. Because those are two stadiums I really. What want do you to go think
2: to. the chances are that I look really stupid with the Redskins and you guys look stupid with the Panthers? And we both have we both have our audio clips in the, in the intro in 2021 when we're pulling up to encode it.
0: I think it's way more yeah, likely I, you I would do with the Redskins. Right. Panthers are some poised. Boys Panthers boys.
3: roster is much better than the Redskins. I'll just leave it at that. And their quarterback is a lot better too. Their defense isn't better. That's for
2: darn sure. That's for darn sure, guys. That's what I'll say. Great. <laughs> Alrighty. You stay scheming. <laughs>